will save our legs. And I thought, oh no, that's exactly the thing. You should be taking the stairs. Yeah. That will save your legs. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome back to episode number 16 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast with today's amazing guest that is Catherine Knights. Catherine and I met a couple of months before recording this episode and I've got to say I fell in love with Catherine's lifestyle the minute we met. In fact, the more meetings we had and the more we talked, the more I just fell in love with how she lives her life. A few years ago, Catherine made the decision that she didn't have to live this kind of rat race lifestyle that we all tend to live nowadays, you know, commuting to work, spending eight or 10 hours in an office, coming home, ready to do the same thing over and over and over again, just just waiting for the weekend to come, you know, just living for the weekend. And there's actually more to life than that. And if we actually strip things back and we take away some of the material things that we cling to all the time and we think that these material things mean success, actually, if you strip them back and you start to live a little bit more in nature and you start to you start to live in the world a little bit more and start to open your eyes a bit, there's actually a lot more to this planet and to our lives than the material things we we feel we actually need. So Catherine's going to tell us a lot more about what she does, but, but when I first met, the few things that stood out were the fact that Catherine grows as much of her own food as she possibly can. She's she's got quite a small garden. Don't don't be fooled that she's living in, in acres of land. She's really not, but she's making the most of the garden space she's got. She's growing different types of food and she's trying to live off her own bit of land as much as possible. She's going out, she's foraging in woods and, and she's getting she's getting to know nature again. She's stripping back some of these material things like getting rid of her car. She's not commuting to work. She actually quit her job so she can she can work from home and do the things that she loves to do in life, which is which is really great. And to coin the title of, of a certain book that Catherine recommended to me, she's becoming a bit more of a free range human. So we're going to let Catherine tell you a lot more about what she does and her own her own business called The Edible Garden, which is fantastic. I still truly believe that the way Catherine's living her life is the way that we could all start to live our life. It seems a bit far-fetched to, to be able to quit your job and to start living off the land a little bit more and to, and to strip back all these material things. But when Catherine explains it and she tells you how she does it, I guarantee it's a thing that you're going to think about and you're going to want to actually do yourself. I know I do. And in fact, since meeting Catherine, there's a lot of material things I've actually got rid of and a lot of things I've changed in my life because of talking and because of meeting Catherine. So without any further ado, let's bring you into episode 16 and part one with the creator of The Edible Garden and a local coach to me, Catherine Knights. So, okay, can you just tell me a little bit about about you and about not just your way of life, but how you're, how you're trying to live your life, really? Well, I suppose I'm somebody that I see myself as someone who I've got the, I'm fortunate enough to have the, the time, the energy and the effort to try and live my life as meaningful as meaningfully as, as possible. And it's probably only through stripping back some of the layers of my life that I've been able to 
kind of have the time really to stop and reflect a little bit more about what it is that I want and I suppose the kind of the happy happiness that that can bring to your to your life so I used to like like a lot of people go to work every day get in the car drive up the M1 every day come home late at night eat my dinner go to bed get up and do the same thing every day five days a week and now I don't do any of that um and now I work from home I got rid of my car um I stripped back a load of my outgoings um I just think a lot more about anything that I'm going to buy I think do I really do I really need this or is this just something that I'm buying for five minutes of happiness is it going to basically add any value to my life fundamentally or not um you know is it useful or beautiful and if it's if it's not neither of those things then it's uh i'm probably not gonna not gonna buy it so i think really i've just kind of taken more time to think about how i live and get closer to the basics of of life which is you know we all need shelter and we all need food and we all need some sort of security you know people around us and those are really other and it sounds cheesy but it is it really is true and if you can put your efforts into those those things then I think that's kind of the route to fundamental happiness really um along with obviously you know looking off and looking after yourself is a goes along goes alongside that as well yeah and was was there a particular time in your life or a particular point in your life where I mean, I had exactly the same sort of epiphany. I went to work one day and I thought, I just do not want to do this anymore. And I changed my life from that day onwards. Yeah. Was, it, was it like that for you or did it just happen a bit more organically well, over time? It's funny you should ask that because just yesterday I was sitting here at home and I thought, if I'd, so I left a, an office job. Um, so I'd been working for DHL for a few years and I took another, another office role actually. Um, but I felt very comfortable in my in my role at DHL because I've been there for so long so you know jobs become feel a bit like family don't they the people that you work with feel a bit like family after a while um but I took a new role um which was doing something quite different but I never really got into the job and for that for various reasons it never really kind of fitted with my um I don't know um it just didn't really make me happy for various reasons um and so after I did that, that role for about a year, I thought I'm going to go and work for myself. So it's, there was kind of a chain of events, is essentially what I'm saying. And I was just sitting here at home yesterday thinking, if I'd never taken that job, if I'd never left DHL, would I still be there now? Or what would I be doing? So I feel like that was a trigger, but I just, maybe I didn't, like, you know, we're always in hindsight. I just didn't yeah. know it at the time. Um, but I think you... I don't think I'm a regretful person. I think you always make, there's always a reason for the decisions that you make at the time. And I'm also a big one for not going back. So, you know, even though you might look back and think, oh, you know, those times were the best times, you're only ever remembering the best bits. You don't remember yeah. the, the painful stuff. So I kind of, I am a believer in always moving, moving forward and there's always something else that you can go and do. Um, so I suppose, yeah, looking back, that was maybe the start, but I just didn't know it at the time and I suppose if the route that I took which was going self-employed and having to look after yourself and be self-sufficient in that respect 
that maybe, if looking back, has contributed to some of the stuff that I then got more interested in, in terms of health and well-being and looking after yourself and kind of going down that, that path much more deeply than I'd ever done before anyway, making it more of a way of life. Yeah, that's good because I think starting your own business or going self-employed is, is incredibly stressful. You know, you've got all them years from having a, a dependable wage packet at the end of the week or yeah. month to suddenly thinking, bugger, I, I, if, I, if I don't work, if I don't generate this income, yeah. I've, I'm not paying my rent, I'm not paying my bills. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it can be stressful and the health can actually deteriorate. So to, mm. to quit your job and to go self-employed and also not just look after yourself, but improve your health is, is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, that's an important point, actually, the whole kind of, you know, the, the mental health is just as important as physical health. So yeah, you know, you can jack your job in and say, well, I don't have to get in a car every day now and I can eat beautiful food because I can make it at home and whatever else. But if you're lying in bed every night thinking, how am I going to, you know, pay the bills this month? That's just as, you know, just as damaging really as doing the nine to five and having the money, but not having the, the time. So I think it's about finding that, that balance between the between the two we've probably kind of spoken there about the two very extreme ends and again you know a lot of things in life it is about striking that striking that balance so I'm not saying the only way you will ever you know lead a uh, you know a life of fulfillment is to go and work for yourself and get out of working in an office but there are things that you can do and I am a, a big believer in you know making just some of the small small changes that can have a a, a big impact and a sustainable impact as well. So maybe you could work part-time in your job, for example. Maybe that's the thing that's going to just help. Is that in Alaska? <laughs> yeah, I, I did wonder how many podcast episodes you would actually come in on. It's just come so low now, it's gone back to sleep. Yeah, sorry, carry on. No, that's all right. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, do, I do think that, you know, you can make little changes that can have a big a big imp- a big positive impact so you can yeah work four days a week rather than five or um, actually listen to a podcast recently about a guy who rather than um retiring at 65 for example he takes a sabbatical every i think five or ten years and says well hell you know i should have a year off whilst i'm young and fit and healthy and you know spread it spread it all out it's the balance thing it's you know working all the hours and putting all the effort in when you're young and then breaching burnout and then you retire and then, well, you might have the money, but you might not have the, the health. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've got that the wrong way around really, haven't we? Retiring well, yeah. when we're at a stage where we can't do as much as we could when we was young. You think everyone looks forward to retirement, but for a lot of people that they're, they're ill, they've got, you know, ailments that they can't do things, you know, that maybe they can't go running or, or even go on holiday mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, and it's, yeah, it's a bit, um, bit backwards I think but then and then it's and then it's all too late and I think that you know there but there are little things that you can do that will help you for your you know your your old age and just for your everyday everyday well-being my physio always says well we're, we're designed to move so you know we're not we're not designed to be sitting at desks all day long right. and case case in point I was in the library today and there's a lift in the library and lots of people use that lift (laughs) and some people walked in and they were coming for a training course and they said oh won't take the lift we'll save our legs and I thought oh no 
that's exactly the thing. You should be taking the stairs. Yeah. That would save your legs. <laughs> I, I hope you shouted at him, Catherine. <laughs> I did, and I helped. No, it was, a, it was a library. You could you'd whisper at him. I was the library. Whisper I shouted. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, you know, I, I suppose now, I mean, it's not in my DNA. I, I've never been one of those kinds of people anyway. Like, I, I always take the stairs. And maybe those people don't ever, maybe for them, that's natural for them to always take the lift. Yeah, maybe. People who know me closely will know that is one of the most aggravating things in the world to me. People using lifts instead of stairs or escalators when they're right next to the stairs, when yeah. they're able-bodied. It, it drives me mad. And, yeah. and I'm not just saying this because you've said it. People who know me closely will know that this is a big bugbear of mine. And yeah, I, I don't understand the saving the legs thing. Or just, the, just in a lot of cases, let's be honest, just the general laziness of some people to not walk up one flight of stairs. Yeah, well, I think that the whole kind of, yeah, or I'll say, save my body. I think, well, you'll save your body if you do some exercise. We yep. are, you know, we are, if you think, you know, we were hunter, hunter-gatherers, we were out all day. That's what <laughs> we were going to do. So, um, yeah. how, li- how life has changed. Eh? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but maybe not that much. <laughs> maybe. Well, <laughs> when we talk about hunter-gatherers, we talk about going back to, to the old way of living, this, this is how I kind of think of you in some respects. Um, I've said to you many times when we've met that I love how you live your life. And when we first met, you've, you've said already you sold your car. The very first time mm. we met, you borrowed your sister's car, I think, to, to come and see me. Yeah, and then after that, it was a case of meeting you near a train station, at a coffee shop, because you took the train. And when I asked you why, you said, well, it's, it's, it's better for the environment. It's cheaper. It makes more sense. There's no need for me to have the car. That's just what we, we're conditioned to be doing. But it makes sense for me to use a train. It's a little walk to the station, so you get a bit of exercise. And, and everything makes sense. And it comes down to, to having a little bit less stuff, and you will do a little bit less with your life. But yet my life at the minute is very cluttered. This couple of weeks, I'm very busy. And I, I haven't got the time to sit back and relax at the minute like I normally would do. And my body mm. feels that massively. I, mm. I need the rest. I need the time. I need to mm. go and walk my dog and, and look at the trees and look at the flowers. And there was, one, there was one point today I was walking my dog and I walked past a tree and I thought, you know what, that tree will never, ever look that way again. So why would you want to miss that? Mm. The clouds will never look the same way mm. again. Why, why, why would you want to look down at your phone when you could look up at nature and get out and see the fresh air? And, and this, is, this is how I see your life. And I just see you as just, being out and about and I know you walk walk and run a lot of places rather than take I vehicles I do well I think I mean don't get me wrong I'm not against cars um and I always say to people if you're gonna exist in the world you're gonna create some sort of damage to the you'll know, be some sort of drain on the resources that's just life but if you can do your bit to not be so extravagant maybe with your way you live your life you can do a bit for the planet and do something for yourself as well yeah um and actually it was only really when i went i went to the eden project a couple of years ago and that was like a bit of a bit of an eye-opener for me it wasn't it wasn't somewhere that i was really bothered about going my i just thought oh it's lots of plants and plants are nice and pretty that's you know but i never really kind of got that connection between us and the natural world but going there really opened my eyes to just like that. Just we just can't. Nature isn't something that's happening over there. It's happening right here, right now. And you go into their 
so they have these biomes looks like the um looks like something from center parks like the swimming yeah, I've seen it, yeah. and inside they've got all the all the food that's grown in the rainforest and they've and all the food that's grown in the mediterranean you've got olives and you've got chilies and you've got uh, cocoa and you've got vanilla pods and you've got rice in paddy fields that, and you know tea you, you know and you just think cotton and you know all these things that just come wood rubber and cork yeah all these things that come from the natural world you know can bet your life that most people are listening to this right now have got a t-shirt on and it's made of cotton so yeah and I'm, I'm one of them people <laughs> well yeah same so I hope it's organic um <laughs> and you know so going there it just kind of really opened my eyes to that whole kind of topic of yeah we can't do without this even if you even if you just think about it from that's where lots of our food comes from and we all need food then I think even if you just think about it like that you've got to have a lot more respect for it or a lot more kind of makes it a lot more enjoyable. So from doing that, I came home and I started getting into all this foraging and I was picking all these blackberries and chatting to all my, all these dog walkers and they knew loads of stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a hazelnut tree down there. And you know, give me all these tip offs about cob nuts and where to go picking for food. And all of a sudden you think, oh, this natural world around me is a supermarket. And it all becomes quite quite exciting even for somebody like me who isn't I'm not a professional forager you know I, was, I wasn't picking any mushrooms or anything like that um, but even just for those you know few things all of a sudden you think yeah this is like yeah a whole new it just gives you a whole different uh, viewpoint really perspective is this what then started you um did you then come home and then start the edible garden because as yeah. people some people might know you are the creator of the edible garden and, yeah. and I've seen lots of pictures. I've seen you growing garlic recently, and <laughs> I'm forever seeing things on your on your social media yeah. of you growing or trying to grow something new Just and something different. Something. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I didn't mean that as it came out. I meant trying to grow no, something no. a little bit different. Instead of me growing strawberries and potatoes, you're growing yeah. slightly different things. You know? Yeah. Well, where I live, is and like trying new things as well. You you well, openly say that you always try new things. Well, yeah. This this is it. So. Um, everything's one just one big experiment I think if you can kind of have that kind of cu curious mind in life again that's where you're gonna have most fulfillment if you set out and think right I'm gonna grow these things and it's all gonna be a rip-roaring success from day one or you know first first try then you'll probably be disappointed because it's really hard work growing stuff it is <laughs> um, I know I've tried it um so you know you but you get to know, I suppose you're doing things like that. You get to know your little spot a little bit better. So if you do have a bit of outside space, then you get to know much more intimately what responds to the conditions that you have, because you can't fight nature. You can't be growing stuff that, <laughs> that is not suited to your conditions. Or if you are, it's going to be a, like triple the amount of work. So for example, garlic, Garlic loves my garden, so that's that's great. But uh, I'm living in, I live on a corner, and my field it's very windy. It's very exposed, so things get battered very easily. So it's quite hard work. But to answer your question, why did I start doing it? A couple of reasons, really. Um, partly Eden, but I'd been on two other trips. I'd been on a nutrition course down at a farm in Devon. Um, called Trill Farm which is run by 
it's run actually by a lady who set up Neil's Yard Remedies. I don't know if you know Neil's Yard Remedies. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. Um, well, if you think about when the body shop came into being in the 80s, I suppose they were kind of, kind of saw themselves aligned with that. Um, so they're like an organic natural remedy um, brand. Um, per, like, uh, like bath oils and essential oils, that kind of right. thing. Anyway. So I went on a nutrition course down, down at Trill Farm. Um, and I also did some volunteering as well at a, um, down in Surrey with a family who were looking to set up a kind of a self-sufficient um, homestead, I suppose, for want of a better word. And um, so I went and did some work with them. And when I stayed with that family, I stayed with the family, stayed on site. And we did all this home cooking, had a lovely herb garden. And, you know, it was really nice just cook one, well, two things. One, I was cooking for a group of people. That was really fulfilling, cooking for people. But also having all this stuff on tap. We had all these herbs outside. So, you know, you'd make a meal and you'd think, oh, I need some coriander in that. Oh, I need some mint in that. And herbs are great because they're really easy to grow. Yep. and full of nutrients and full of flavor so I, I always think they're the best thing to grow so really from doing that I kind of got home and I thought mm, well I haven't got a lot of space but I'm going to give it a go growing some stuff because that's quite satisfying when you're, when you're cooking to sticks even if it is just herbs stick some herbs in um, and you know it makes your garden look pretty and you know the act of doing it is actually I would say is a kind of a well-being um, uh, uh, activity because when you're out there, particularly if it's nice weather, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an all-weather gardener, um, but when it's nice and you can be out there kind of pottering away in your garden, hugely like meditative doing things like that. I found that this was really relaxing last year in the evenings, you to your garden. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you've grown something from scratch, that is really satisfying. It really is. Don't, don't you feel so much better in the kitchen when you, when you know you've nurtured that? Like, even if it's just a potato and it's taken you a couple I, of months to grow that. Yes. And I, and I think you have a lot, again, you ha then have this better perspective on when you go to the supermarket and you just buy something and you just pick it up and you grab it and then you come home and you shove it in your mouth and that's it. You don't even think yeah. about where it's come. All of a sudden you think, right, I've got a bit more of a, an understanding now about the graft that's gone into getting that potato yep. in that supermarket because I've done it myself. And you, you appreciate it. You appreciate it more. I think it's through doing those things that kind of almost naturally you start to slow down because you're forced to, because you start yeah. thinking about things more. Definitely. And there's also another side of it as well. You're not, that's the best way to put this, you, you're maybe not so greedy with your food as well. I could go down to the supermarket now near me, get a big bag of potatoes for a pound. And I've got no real care, as, like you said, about the potatoes. There's no, um, there's no thought has gone into how they've been grown and, and the process it's gone through. So if I picked that big bag and I picked a couple up, thought, oh, that's not great. I'll throw that one away. I'll throw that one away. Mm. When you've got your own potatoes, you use them a little bit more sparingly. You, you're more mindful of what you're eating. Mm. It, it tastes so much better for a start as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the gratitude for the food is, is there from the outset. If you've, if you've labored in the garden and you've gone out in the, in the wind and the rain, yeah. as we do in the UK, um, and you're yeah, just much more grateful for the food on your plate. 
you are and you know the wastage that you do have you try and either do something with or you sling it on the compost bin and you know yeah you just try to you know try to minimize the waste where you where you can really um and all of a sudden yeah you start having this new understanding of yeah you know fruit and veg in particular aren't things that just um just appear on shelves in supermarkets somebody's got to grow them and if the weather's crap you don't get food so we get um we have a we have a veg box and i know you have a veg box too every week yeah. from, um from a company called riverford and um you know is it if i think there's a few a few reasons why it's a a useful um way of buying your fruit and vegetables one well i think it's a good it's a nice company it's i like their ethos i like their outlook um it's run by a guy called guy watson and he doesn't so every week when we get our fruit and veg we get a newsletter that's written by him and he tells you what's been growing and what ain't been growing and sometimes it you know he'll write a little political piece um on sort of food and farming um and actually there was something in there last week oh I can't remember what the veg was there was something that he wanted to put in the veg boxes and he couldn't because the weather's been so poor um and I think you know when you when you read that and you read it every week that's the other thing it's the repetition of it all of a sudden you just it becomes much more ingrained in your mind the the struggle of getting food yeah you know, it's, it doesn't just happen. Even if just because you're a farmer, it doesn't mean to say you can grow food successfully. It all depends on Mother Nature, and that's something we yeah. don't have any control over. So, no, and we're all too used to nowadays just just knowing that everything is there all year round, and this it's not the way it is. You know, there's a lot of effort that goes into it, and it's great to to be more mindful of that. And what you're doing is a fantastic way of doing that. So yeah, so I think you know when you do when you do those things, and you know a lot of these veg boxes you can elect to eat. Um, you know, to have a seasonal box. And again, you know, it kind of makes you think um, a bit bit more appreciative of, um, of of, of, you know, having food from overseas, really, because um, uh, at this time of year, if we didn't have anything from overseas, we'd be eating turnips probably for six months of the year. Yeah, yeah. Root vegetables (laughs) for the the entire winter. Exactly, yeah, not veg soup again. (laughs) Well, that's that's fantastic for part one, Catherine. now, Now we know a little bit more about you. When we come back in a couple of days for part two, we're going to get a little bit more into the food and the, um, the effects of the food on the body as well. Okay. All right. So thank you very much for that. And take care. We'll see you in a couple of days. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, don't you just feel inspired to start shredding your life back a little bit, to start getting rid of some of the material things and start to look at the, the world and the planet in a slightly different way and start to look at your own environment in a slightly different way. It'd be fantastic, obviously, if we could all quit our jobs. I know that's not possible for us all to do that. But just starting to make some small changes, like I say, starting to strip down some of the material things, starting to walk a little bit more, take a little bit more public transport than just zipping about in our car everywhere. If we could all start to make little changes like that, I I can almost guarantee we're going to feel better. We're going to feel fitter, stronger. Mentally, we're going to be a lot healthier. And as you know from the theme of the podcast, Working on our mental health is key to, to everything in our life. And if going back to nature a little bit, eating organic food, which again, we talk about a lot, and the connection between the good produce, the good organic produce and the mind is huge. 
So if we can start to eat a little bit better food, less processed food, more organic food, we start to feel healthier in the mind and we start to to live a healthier and happier lifestyle. Now that's all very well for us to do that. But one question I do get a lot from my own clients is, how do I start? How do I start to eat organic food? You know, a lot of people say it's expensive. I really don't believe that because, because it's a value for money thing. You know, you it might be a little bit more expensive to buy a single tomato that's organic, but the nutrient density in that organic tomato will be a lot higher than your supermarket produce. So therefore, it, it's actually not that expensive. You, you need a little bit less of it to equal the nutrient value as the supermarket food. So then you're eating a few less calories. So if you're trying to lose weight, eating organic food is is actually really a really good way to go. It does save you money. It saves you calories. It loses you weight. Plus you're getting extra nutrients, extra vitamins. So you're becoming healthier on the inside. It really, really is a win-win situation. You cannot go wrong if you start eating more organic food. But the way to do it is just... It's just to start small, like all things. Just make a small change. Let's start by maybe you can you can buy your, your veg from the supermarket as you normally do. Let's go to a farm shop and buy some fruit for the week. Maybe just some, some apples and bananas. Maybe something small like that. Maybe then start to get your potatoes organically from a farm shop. Just make small steps. No one's saying you have to stop your supermarket shop and then go all the way to the farm shop and spend £100 a week on food. No, no, no. You just start in a small way. Just buy a few things here and there. Maybe seasonal food, so you come into summertime, let's go and get some strawberries maybe and some raspberries, some gooseberries, that kind of thing, and just start to introduce some organic food. I promise you, you will feel better. There is there is absolutely no way that eating organic food is going to do you any harm. You will feel better for doing it. So please, guys, girls, please go out, just start to, to introduce a little bit of organic food, a little bit of natural produce into your lifestyle, you're going to feel great. And hey, if you can cook a little bit, so if you can make a little bit in your garden, then that's going to be even better because you get that satisfaction of growing it yourself. And I, <laughs> I can guarantee if you grow the potatoes yourself, they taste a lot better than if you buy them in the supermarket. If you've put the effort in to go out and water them every evening, they're going to taste fantastic, I promise you. So episode 17 is coming up, part two with Catherine. We're going to delve even deeper into this conversation Please come back. Please listen to it. It's a fantastic conversation. I, like I said, I love how Catherine lives her life and I really want that to come across to, to everyone listening to this podcast. I want to rub off on everyone because it really is the way that, that I believe we should, we should all be trying to gravitate towards. So come back in a few days' time, guys. Episode number 17 with Catherine Knights. In the meantime, guys, if you need to reach out, please, you can get hold of me and Catherine via the show notes of the podcast. Other than that, take care, be happy, and we'll both speak to you again in a couple of days' time.